This is for the nerds. This is for the brainiacs. This is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back. You ain't gonna touch me. You're not gonna do nothing. You are not above me. I bet you wish you was me. I know it. I know. It's the hand lick for me, really. You yeah. know, it's the. Uh, <laughs> I think that's I what like, got the extra. Nice I, I think the hand lick is what got the extra uh, skin on skin, kind of, kind of, you know, real crisp. <laughs> tell us about shit. What what did this poor band do to you? Did you have a bad Damn, beat? What do you mean tell us? You think I self snitch? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> what this man do to you? What is this? A PF Chang's? This guy just uh, got up in your shit. Yo, stop trying to get me to snitch. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Allegedly. He's not going to self-report. Got yeah. into an altercation. Uh, th this is one of the funnier bits that the internet has presented to us. I saw that slap like three weeks ago and didn't think anything of it. But then somebody tagged all of us in it yesterday and said, somebody come get Chin. <laughs> get your man. And then someone was like, Chin always seems so chill on the podcast. I can't believe you would do this. Is, was this at the, near the win? And Conrad's like, yeah, must have been. It was near dinner break. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like totally serious. <laughs> I wonder if that guy really thought it was. Me. He did. He said, he said you guys got me. Well, I know you had hands like that, man. You know that was a nasty backhand. God. It's a disrespectful backhand, is what mm -hmm. it is. Like that's not a punch to the face. That is a, a come get yours. Kinda. Imagine knocking somebody out with a slap. Nah, he was already it's like 50% out. That was yeah, an aggressive yeah, yeah, yeah. slap, right? Yeah. It wasn't a normal slap. <laughs> it was an aggressive slap. He was already slap. kind of... That was a full force wing. That was not a tortoise slap. Yeah. No. <laughs> the tortoise moves slowly. Oh, man, I wish Andre were here. There's a sex joke in there somewhere. <laughs> for the weekend that he just had. Uh, <laughs> wow, this is what happens when people aren't here. This is what I do. I did this blowing... to you yesterday, but you haven't watched the show. What did you say? <laughs> what did you say? Fuck, this is why we have to go back and rewatch the what podcast. Did you say? I honestly don't remember. I swear to God. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Sorry, John, I don't remember. Tell me. It was like the last 30 seconds I go, she's going to kill me for this. Oh, man. What was it? Something about oh, my butt? Yeah. I think it was like something about you shitting or I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I don't want to say. Oh, so that's what it, that's exactly what I have a feeling I know what it was about. No, a hundred percent. I was trying to close the show and the Paula kept interrupting me because that's apparently the only reason we have him on the show yeah. is to just interrupt me. Yes. Uh, and I was just like, you're so tight. About it. <laughs> yeah. I know. He's so like, tight because the audience loves it, but he is yeah. sitting here just in pain the whole time. It's so hard, man. Take he, one for the he, team, Burke. It's one thing to get interrupted. It's another thing when you get interrupted, he just doesn't say anything important, but I'm trying to close the show, and I was like, we've been going for like two hours and 20 minutes already, like, this is ridiculous, and then I was like, I need Melissa here at the hour 45 mark to be like, we gotta close, I gotta shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just gotta shit if you want to end like, the show right now. Well, yeah, I'm, I, it's like clockwork, I'm on a regular schedule, I have very no good bowels, could, and I take a probiotic every day. Could it also be because you have uh, two full vente coffees every <laughs> yeah. hour? Yeah, I have one. Care? And yes, I saw you double bagging today. I had a sandwich. Ah, okay. but yes, it is also because I'm usually done my coffee around that time. I'm very regular. 
I'm very healthy. My body's like super good. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't ask. (laughs) Now you know. Now you know. (laughs) Now I know. Uh, You guys have a day off today. Congratulations. Thank Thank you. you. Congratulations to everybody in this room for bagging. You guys are the best in the biz, obviously. Salt for Y representing a day two. Real professionals. Uh, Landon and I, Landon and I are off for quite some time. We'll be taking a 364-day break. No, I'm going to play the 1K. Mm. The one, the Burke, you're not going to play the one, one right? drop. I, little, That's the Berkey special. Come no. on. Yeah, like, how do you not play the one So what's no. the deal? You get, uh, you get 20K extra chips for 100 bucks. No, no. Yeah, that's pretty, well, it, it's pretty good. It's, it's not an option, right? <laughs> it is an yeah, option. Yeah, it is it an is. option. You can not pay the 111. <laughs> that's so and ridiculous. Not, and then get like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever done that. Why would Hold they? On. I might. But, what? What's it's the deal here? It's probably for tax purposes that they have to separate so it. So you, you start with 20K um, and it's our levels. But if you, if you add the 111 that goes to charity to the mm-hmm. One Drop Foundation, Beautiful. you get an extra 20K mm. to start with. That's a big job. <laughs> Are you contemplating that mm. one, Mark? It's not like, like how WSP.com does it where you should just never fucking add on. Oh, what like do you mean? Max Light Reg or whatever where yeah. the add-on is worth... It's like you have to pay double. Two big blinds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's... Yeah. No, but yeah. like this one's pretty good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I haven't done the math on it, but like... I'm sure it's profitable it to... It seems profitable. To add. Yeah. yeah, it's always funny that they pose it as... Uh, oh, well, it's a tax write-off uh, because it's charity or whatever. It's like, I gamble for a living. This whole fucking ticket's a write-off to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't, have to, yeah. you don't have to reframe things here. Like, Actually, it might even be worse because you're only allowed to write off a certain percentage of winnings, I think, a year through taxes. Not that the 111 is going to dent that, right. but... Uh, you'd I don't ra- know how many times you're going to buy in. <laughs> right, right. But I think, like, for our purposes, would rather it not be a, uh, a a charity thing, right? Like, would rather it just be rake or whatever because yeah, we easier. get to write the whole ticket off as a loss anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Although maybe... maybe it might, it might work. I just don't know enough. It maybe might... you get to carry it forward if you have a losing year. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Was, that's the tricky part. Yeah. Who knows? Especially for gambling. One of these days we'll have a CPA <laughs> on here. We'll just uh, really dig in through all I the shits. One. So everybody made it. You all have varying stacks. Why you all keep saying everybody when land is not in? Yeah. Bro, I'm not in But you keep saying everybody. An hour? And, and I just see Landon like... Landon, <sighs> Landon and I sacrificed our uh, our lives for the greater good of the community. Yeah, sixty six percent of the of the of the podcast made it. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, uh, Andre got as far as Landon and I did, and he didn't. Yeah, he didn't even he buy. He played any. this year. No, oh. that's the point. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just uh, we're just here to do the podcast. I, I was actually impressed at the speed of your exit. I didn't think anyone was gonna. <laughs> Yo, I didn't think anyone was gonna beat mine. Christ, bro. <laughs> God damn. I, I didn't think it was possible to bust Yo, the main faster like the than I did. Why are you speaking at the same time as him? Because he's, he, I'm trying to defend. Okay, go, go, go. <laughs> go. Seriously, fuck <laughs> that. No, yeah. no, go, go. I was impressed too, actually. <laughs> what are you going to say? I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I, just, I, just wrote, I got deuces three times for the last hour. <laughs> Chin's, over, Chin's over there like, you know what? <laughs> Guapa missed it. Uh, Anyways, what were you saying? Uh, I was needling you a little bit. I was saying I didn't think anybody could possibly bas- bust faster than I did. Oh yeah, but, I uh, didn't see a single four bet pot yesterday, and somehow you were in like four, four of, them. of them in the first hour. Yeah, yeah, I kept getting good hands. And what was your table like? 
I mean, it's a good table. Yeah. I got a great table. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had a down bad table. I got a great sure. table where I kind of, yeah. Like, you get in the mix. Table. You get in the mix. Honestly, though, like, I, I think uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. And I, uh, a one, lot of it yesterday. Well, we talked a lot about it. Yeah. But one point <laughs> that I didn't, I, I didn't make strongly enough that I think is very important is that uh, the, the contradiction between the mindset of it's the main event and the main goal is to survive day one versus uh, estimating where your win rates exist and where yeah. they're the highest yeah. really conflict. Because for the vast majority of good players, your win rate is the absolute highest in the, in the day one phase yeah. mm -hmm. when you're playing hundreds and hundreds of blinds deep. So the idea that like somehow if you're a good player in the field, you should clip that win rate by a large significant number in order to ensure that you get to later stages where your win rate is lower. Yeah. Seems crazy. Now, the exception to that is obviously like if you get the massage table from yesterday with eight grandpas <laughs> who are enjoying retirement, like you adjust your strategy, but not because... Not because it's the main event and you care that much about getting to the next day, but because your win rate is now accumulated differently. Yeah. It's, it, it is through lowering risk because the table naturally lowers your risk. Yeah. Right. right. Like these guys play so transparently and so face up and their strategies are so poor that you get to play an exploitatively lower risk style. Uh, so I, I think like, you know, it was tough because every time we'd go point counterpoint it was so this is my point he'd go yo let's hear about how you got fucked and it's like okay, well, this this isn't gonna go all that well but uh I, I think like something that was overlooked was uh we were talking about like close spots but when we're talking close we're assuming that it's like zero to slightly plus ev and uh i think it's easy to categorically lump everything that feels uncomfortable into a close spot yeah. So the example I gave was uh, last year I busted day five, uh, small blind versus button versus big blind, where I three bet jacks to eight blinds, big blind snap ripped for 40. And I called off and he had ace king and I lost. And DePaulo's like, yeah, I think that's really standard. Like in the money, like you have to win all ins to, to make it deep, yada, yada, yada. I go, okay, what if that happened on day one and the big blind exposed to you that, you had, that he had ace king? He goes, I'd fold. And it's like, why? Like this isn't a close spot. You're making hundreds of big blinds like you're adding hundreds of big blinds to your win rate by being all in here so what is the incentive and drive to fold now you're pushing two bigs it sounds Honestly, like he's you're, you're, you're pushing, pushing two, two bigs in the spot right, over, you over add, 100 yeah it's that's how you that's, that's how you measure win i understand rate. but there's still future game sim of like mm -hmm. <clears throat> in that spot which you guys didn't talk about like well, if you like yeah you're pushing two bigs in that spot okay fine like that is that is a, that is a lot i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deny that but there is risk of ruin of the tournament and the future games of just of finding you know better spots so to speak well that's that's the whole point is that uh you can't you can't control risk of ruin that it always exists of course right yeah. so like yes there's an uh there's an impending risk of ruin risk of ruin to this exact situation mm -hmm. and you know 47 percent of the time or whatever you're going to bust this event in this spot yeah but uh, that's compounding throughout all of the hands. There's always a risk of ruin, and as your blinds decrease, that risk of ruin naturally increases. <clears throat> so this yeah. notion that uh, because levels are longer, you can identify more clear spots uh, becomes kind of nonsensical, right? Uh, what you're actually saying is that I think if I wait long enough, I'll cool somebody off. 
but you you have the exact same opportunity to be cooled off as you do to cool somebody off. Like we can't really think about strategy in terms. That's of, not necessarily true. Go on, That's the, because I mean, it's like <laughs> coming the guy, from the tortoise. Like, well, like yeah, of course, of course, like you could just get set over set. I guess either way, but like there's a lot of times where um, someone makes make that you you have a chance to have the big hand and someone else make a massive massive mistake because people right, are like playing really aces. really bad and it's where you would not make that mistake if the roles were reversed. Well, you're just right, saying think about that you're the aces, more in the cool. Think about the aces versus kings where where Mark Goon just like gets aces in 15 minutes in versus kings like that. But you would never stack off there with king. Yeah, uh, that that all happened post. I'm not so sure that I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah, but I I, I don't right. necessarily think Maybe. that that's. I don't, I don't know what happened post, but I know people make grand errors, right? For mm-hmm. hundreds of for, right, for pals and pals and pals. But yeah, but right. you understand so that you it's wouldn't... a grand error to play a four bet pot with kings level one, catch a nine high board and not no no okay. not end up. That was a bad example. But, yeah, but like there's a lot of there's examples throughout the entire tournament where people are like literally torching money. No, a hundred percent true, but. As your stack decreases, your ability to capitalize on those spots also greatly goes down. You can't fade the risk, right? Like, no matter what, you're going to have to play an uncomfortable yeah. all-in. So yeah. it doesn't really matter if it's day one or day three, right? Yeah, that doesn't matter. It's true. Uh, and I think that this, this emotional attachment that we have with the main event, because it's an annual event that only happens once a year, and it presents the biggest opportunity in poker, we cling to it until we reach a certain comfortable stage, which is generally post-bubble. Right, so assholes get tight on day one and uh, day three, and day two is like where you see largely the the it's moving the, day, right? That's what they call yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I mean I you think, just see like a lot of the it, biggest I, mistakes. It still is a different, unique event because you now get to play this amazing high buy-in event with relatively very very soft field for a lot longer, right? Because so, so you're you're getting a, a better chance to take advantage of the uh, of the weaker players the longer you stay in the tournament. Right. You're but saying you're, that by coolering them. Yes. Not no no. Not only yeah. them, them, they them just, making they a big mistake and giving you pals. Them making a mistake basically implies that you have, are coolering them by having a good hand. It's not entirely true. That's, like that, not, not I, don't, I don't agree with the cooler not part. Coolering like, them. Like, like coolering them instead of overfold too. Like right. they'll overfold to they, three bet. They'll right. never four bet you. They'll you see bet. They fold. Like right. But a lot of what you're saying is is risk taking strategies which are very low risk. No, putting in three and four bets is not low risk. Just three betting somebody. It's I mean, not that much. Like when, putting when you, in a hundred bigs with jacks or whatever it was, like fifty bigs, forty bigs. That's forty bigs. Okay, yeah, like that's a good hand. But like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Obviously, Burke, for you to put the jacks in. Uh, I don't right. even think it's a question on day four. Uh, yeah. and I, I really it's don't think it's not even a question on day one. Yeah, I don't think it's a question on day yeah, one either. But um, wait, but I think what you're trying to extrapolate. No, no, no. I, I, I was extrapolating a day four hand for, or a day five hand gotcha. from last year out to a day one spot. I think. I think. People do take too thin of edges I, on day one. I agree with mm-hmm. that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I don't even think it's just day one. I think it's like throughout the entire event. And I think the reason why day one is highlighted is because people, you, you get such a mixed bag of players. You don't know if they are playing overly tight because this opportunity means too much to them. You don't know if they're playing overly loose because they're recreational and they just want to splash around and have fun. Pad said something in his story that I thought was good about the main event that he said, um, you're basically playing nine games. Like your job is to sit there and figure out like 
who you're playing against and you're playing against nine different players and it's all going to be nine different games versus each one. Yeah, I think that becomes less true as the tournament advances. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? You're going to get, get more closer to the mean as the... You yeah, know. as you get into day three, day four, day five, day six, people become a lot more predictably tight. Right. Right, and that's just like overwhelmingly true of the entire field mm -hmm. because the pressure uh, builds yeah. the amount of money available and, and that's where the cream really rises to the top. Yeah. I think on day one, it's more of a crapshoot of figuring out everybody's individual strategy and approach right and how to possibly it's a lot more like a cash game yeah how yeah. to move off of equilibrium according yeah. to that right it's also one of the probably one of the best maybe the best tournament to exploit the bubble um that that, that exists so if Agreed. you can get to that point i the mean bubble's usually like sub 10 hands you want chips around the, the bubble the, the bubble's usually like sub 10 hands well, though Really? People people start yeah, getting real world tight when you're like yeah. 200 out. Like, yeah, so, I agree with you there. Yeah, so it's just like if you have any kind of stack and you're like yeah. you can you can really just lot. increase your EV like exponentially. But a lot bottom. of that a lot of that building takes place on day one. That that's the big point I'm trying to make, right? Like I think, yeah. most of the people yeah. arguing against a day one strategy that will get you busted, so to speak, at some frequency, are the ones that aren't making very much money at deep mm -hmm. stack poker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the, I think. Right. I, 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 I think that it's more day two and part of day three that is where, where you, where you, uh, you, it, it just, it just no, can't be true. You just get so much free money in day one. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much free money. There wasn't like, I had very good spots on day free one. Free money comes in different ways. What? Free money comes in different ways and shapes and forms versus different people. Because there's some people you can play a low variance approach. There's some people like, let's say you have ace king and, the, and the, you see the guy jam blind for a hundred bigs. You calling or folding? He jams button you in the big arm with Ace King. He jams blind. He doesn't look at his hand and just jams blind. Continue with your story. We know our answer. What is it? I'm calling. Okay. Most so people like, fold. That's high variance, right? Stop. That, sure. No, a, a lot of people fold. Somebody put a He's question up sure on Twitter and blind? said, "Who the yeah. fuck is okay. folding?" And put that person on my table. A lot of people put. <laughs> uh, somebody put a poll up on Twitter that said, <clears throat> "If all eight players shoved to you and you look down at aces oh in the big God. line, would you call or fold?" Oh yeah. It's like what hand are you calling? Wait, if it's all eight players shove for oh that was like the first hand of the main I event. I think you win yeah. half the time. No, you, you want a quarter. quarter Rough, roughly twenty five percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So twenty five percent of the time you have an eight X starting stack. Seventy five percent of the time you <laughs> so go home. Sick. Yeah. Imagine. Well, seventy five percent of the time you go home, and yeah. people were arrogant enough to believe that taking the seventy five percent of having one starting stack and moving forward is higher EV than having eight starting <laughs> yeah, stacks. Ridiculous. Twenty five percent of the time. Yeah, it's just people just don't want to bust. Like, it's the emotional yeah. attachment it's the to the game. That, right, 100%. People, People are like, I'm going to bust 75%. You'll, you'll never have a higher EV spot yeah. than to have eight starting stacks a quarter of the time. Right, yeah. imagine having six, 600,000 chips in level one. Yeah. And what you could, that ends up being probably a lot more because you can... It's, the, yeah. Honestly, this is you a crazy, a this is a crazy parallel, but it's, it's why wealth is so difficult to accumulate for people. Mm -hmm. Because there are emotional milestones that you reach along the mm -hmm. way that don't allow you to take compounding risk. Yeah. And it doesn't allow you to grow your, your, your wealth and your units. And it's the exact same thing in, in tournaments. When tournament life supersedes the way that you are increasing your bottom line, you kind of just die. Yeah. And I do agree that ICM exists from hand one. The main event is like the event of the world that exemplifies ICM exists from hand one, mm -hmm. right? But we still have to acknowledge that if the average stack level one is 300 big blinds, that will never happen again in the rest of the tournament. Mm -hmm. So your highest available win rate is exactly at level one for, 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 for talented some. players, yeah. yes. Yeah. So like, 
it just really seems that the vast majority when it comes to this tournament specific like specifically and we talked about this yesterday kind of view it as a satellite of like you play the tournament and then when you cash now the tournament really begins kind of, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, it's just not true sometimes mm -hmm. you just have spots where you have to take either a slight equity advantage or based off of pot chips already in the pot where it feels like a lot and it sucks but if you fold, you give up the entire spot itself, and that's worth more. Yeah. I, I will say that, uh, to counter that a little bit and to counter myself a little bit, I will say that I think that this <laughs> tournament specifically and the model that you would build in order to try to optimize it is sensitive enough that there may be some situations where we're making like a half a big blind taking a spot, and it's incorrect that, according so to ICF. That's what I was thinking. Like, like if you're like it's the it's hand one of the tournament, would you take us like a fifty-one forty-nine spot? No. Like no, right? right. There, like there's no. there I has mean, there's a point where where point. you would take the spot and where you wouldn't as a favor because you know that your your play is going to allow you to uh, have to outperform better, on the outperform aggregate, yeah. on the equity. But right, but also what you're saying in that situation, uh, so if you're taking the fifty-one forty-nine for stacks, uh, you're only winning like two percent of a starting stack, right? Obviously, your win rate overall for level one is much higher. Mm -hmm. Your expectation is much higher so than two percent of a starting stack. So that's a clear pass, right? right? We can we could definitely begin to like very roughly model out mm -hmm. how all of this plays. Uh, I guess the whole point that I'm getting to is like, you know, DePaulo was criticizing the, the the squeeze with ten nine suited or whatever the case may be. And it's just like, well, when we look at the strategy over the aggregate, if we start to cut out everything that is zero EV or winning slightly then all of a sudden the strategy as a whole begins to really suffer. Yeah. And all of the money that you were making in that cluster of good hands where you're trying to win the blue line, right? That was the general strategy I was, I was uh, saying you should execute. Like win the blue line and maximize when you do because you get soft tables. Mm -hmm. Well, if you cut out all of these low EV hands, even the worst players in the world will just stop paying, right? And now you're really decimating your win rate we, simply because you're unwilling to take on a little bit of risk. We saw that in the Hustler game where it was like, oh, like, I'm not going to pay Phil. Like everyone like, yeah. started laughing. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, oh, we're Great not going to give Phil any yeah. money. Right. And just to kind of go back to And the you'll see it on day one yeah. for him throughout his career. He doesn't bag a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but he, and he doesn't bust the tournament either. And, like, that's, and, that, and that's fine, whatever. But going back to the 51-49 for stacks, like it also depends how much is already in the dead pot. Let's say you have aces and you five bet someone and they call and the guy shows you a flush draw and there's half your stack in the middle, oh, you that's half different. behind that's completely and he puts different. it in. Oh, right, yeah. obviously. So that, like, that you're obviously, getting... oh, it just depends and sometimes you have to run it yeah. and day one is a better time to do it than day three right on the direct bubble. You yeah. just build so much future opportunity on day one. I, I think that's a better way of looking at it, but the thing is, is that the reason why people can't look at it that way is because 90% of the field is not a significant favorite. Right, like if we if we actually were able to take the eight thousand registrants and you know somehow yeah, scientifically yeah somehow scientifically rank them and give them true markups, mm -hmm. you would see that like ninety plus percent of the field is breaking even uh, or they're they're like one point oh five or lower yeah right and because of that they can't really see day one as an opportunity instead they see day one as a necessary hurdle and they've played it enough to know that they're better than a lot of other people they sit with so it's still profitable yeah. otherwise we would start to see the day two entrance mm -hmm. really really max I'm, I'm curious to see how many they actually get i am too because the numbers are way down this year for day one i know but i think they're gonna get a lot registering on day two i think two. there's so much value for Wait, so what do you many mean players the numbers just come in on day two i think there's a, uh like, like 300. they they were projecting this to be the biggest made event of all like time. We got like 10,000, right? And well, then at we least got, nine. Yeah. Now at we least nine. It was 7,800 yesterday. Mm -hmm. So they were 1,000 
ish off of the the most all time um and that's including people that pre-reg for day two so i don't think that number is going to change too much yeah uh, say, what do you guys think that who how many i think we see like maybe entry. a couple hundred yeah, I think the majority like 80, will be I on, see like on tomorrow, right? Like on, 500 on, on both, day, both day twos. Well, like remember, some were already oh, pre-regged. Yeah. Right. And that number was already counted. Okay. Oh, it was. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I, 250 I, on wait. each day? I mean, it's like multiple hours That's of late That's a lot. Reg. Right, but like, there might already be 100 that are You can pre-reg and in. say you want to... Oh, you just yeah, don't, yeah. You just don't yeah. check it. On in. the Bravo app, you can just buy right into day two. There's an option to buy into day two. But you guys see there is a main event option and it says... Main event, $10,000 buy-in, date below, and then you pick July 5th, July Man, 6th, July 7th. I think, I think if I was, if I was, I am friends with some, some recreational players, um, and I told them, almost all of them, to reg day two. 100%. And none of them listened to me. <laughs> same. How many survived? Literally same. I don't know. I, I told three people to reg day two, all three reg day one, two busted, one bagged a third of a starting stack. I just wish wow. that, I, I'm just like, Day two, yeah. 20% of the field's gonna be gone. You're gonna be closer to the money and you're gonna just have a stack still. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of nice. It's kind of, yeah. I don't think they get it either. It's like, uh, just regging day two, you get 60k. Uh, playing day one and getting through, the average stack is 75. Yeah, so like, what does that 15,000 potential chips mean to you? It means if, if you're not blinds come back to 800, it means you win 20 bigs. Yeah, so if you're not like, if you don't consider yourself upper echelon, if you don't consider yourself well above average doesn't really mean all that much right. you know i think i, I think I, in the no, next 10 years is, i think there's a sorry to, i, I want to make this point before we move on i think there's uh people are conflating because they see a lot of pros like max late reg or whatever yeah uh -huh. and they're like oh well i can't do that because i'm not a pro and they don't want to miss the opportunity of right. the main event so it's like a little bit weird but it's actually like if you're not a, you're not a pro deep stack pro like deep stack cash pro deep stack no limit pro whatever it just life, behooves bro. you to like just start later. Yeah. 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 I think there might be a slight counter to that of the levels uh, on day one are so small that being that guy who VPIP single digits and literally just attempts to win the cooler war uh, probably does have a fair amount of win rate attached to it. Yeah. Or at least in their experience, it's felt that way, right? They've cooled enough people off along the way that they bag double starting and they think that like, you know, that'll happen again. Right, like that's a normal occurrence. Like, oh, like, of course I'm going to find my spot. Like, I'm going to flop my set versus their overpair and stack them. Yeah. Toward the same Boy, I was set mining all day. <laughs> the the man, guys. Have you ever busted day one? No. I've played the, Axe, tour, I've played the main event 15 times, and I've you would bagged never bust 15 times. <laughs> Bro, how crazy is that? You would never bust day one. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I, I Stop. It's impossible. For you to put that last chip in, bro. Nut flush I'm on the turn, and the guy has a set, and that, that's how he goes out. Like the board pairs, and yeah. he's out. The board Wait, pairs what's on the, the river. smallest stack you ever spent? I think um, ten thousand. I don't. Yeah, it was like twelve thousand, which I don't know was how many blinds. Maybe like twenty blinds or something going into, or less. Probably like fifteen blinds, maybe going into day two was my my deepest run. Stack. I bagged fifteen. I bigs. think the majority of them I had above a starting stack. 15 big blinds yeah. is a lot of big blinds. You double Shut one, so you have 32. Fucking 15 <laughs> bigs is not a lot of bigs. It is. It is. It in is. the main event, it's, it's painful when the event. average is 75. Yeah. 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 Like, or, you have to look past the fact that the average is 75. Oh, let's just look <laughs> past the fact that we're fucking last. <laughs> you <laughs> live in your bubble. When, when, you, just when, have you, to when you have to like tweet uh, bagged one sixth 
average stack <laughs> doesn't yes. feel very good yeah. but honestly like the run the, that, that is the beauty of this event it is slow the spit ups occur yep. uh my deepest run i bagged 15 bigs and i was down to nine <laughs> and yeah. like you know it <laughs> because they're not spin ups like you bag 30 bigs that's a lot you don't spin up 30 bigs you honestly i thought about this when <laughs> i got short i got spin up five i got short on day one and i thought about like uh short stack strategy in the main when the average stack is like 250 bigs and i think it changes a lot i think it's a lot closer to cash where like uh i was willing to just start open jamming yeah like 20 25 bigs because the call-offs are so incorrect. Yes. Like, they'll just look at offsuit A7. It is very much like a cash game. Yeah. First day. Yeah, because it's like, oh, this is 10% of my chips. I have A7 off in the big. Right. I, I call. This is a numbers yeah. game, not like big blind game. Correct. It's like, oh, it's yeah, only yeah. 25,000. I have 300,000. I call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't look at it like, oh, this guy just jammed 27 bigs from under the gun too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just like, uh, how else am I supposed to play Ace King? I don't want to raise. Right. You know? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. why not? Be because honestly, like, this is where I think the risk reward thing does come into play it's like i would much rather just funnel as much money in as possible when people are making calling errors that are so egregious exactly right like if they're calling with hands that are just like losing three big blinds pre yeah uh just get it in there because if you're just if you're giving them the option to play passively see flops and never bluff you then you're not making much win rate any longer with this hand Right? Like, you just have to flop the best of it, have them flop the second best of it, and get multiple streets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah, people are going to just, hard. like, call off 25 big blinds where they never should because it's just a small portion of their stack. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think those are, like, small minor tweaks. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much more about it. How much do you guys bag? What did you bag? Uh, <laughs> you're getting 67.5. Way above expectations. No, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. That's like kind of exactly expectations. No, expectations expectation is like 80. 5% oh, each is day. like 80. I'm, Not, I'm below oh, expectations. Oh, right. I forgot oh, day one, okay. big win rate. 5% yeah. each day thereafter. Right. Yeah, so. Day one, big win slow rate. Slow and steady goes the tortoise. <laughs> but where <laughs> does the tortoise go? It's right to the final table, baby. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so Lamanna won yeah, 10 big blinds. I'm going to gonna get to the final table, but it's going to be like sometime in October. Okay. <laughs> the table's over and you see Brian Lamanna just holding on to one chip. <laughs> they, they, literally bring back, they literally bring back the November 9 for Lamanna. Yeah, yeah, I, really would love, I would love to see the November 9 come back, though. Me too. Honestly, uh, now that we've experienced what it's like to not have it, it's like, nah, man, you really should have yeah, it. Yeah, I think that it was ahead of its time. I think while it was happening, a lot of people found reasons to, to or, hate on it. Or at least put it put it in a theater, right? The final one. Like, you know, put Fair. the final thing. It needs to be yeah. a spectacle. I think, yeah. I think at minimum, just like let people like gather their people, whatever, to yeah. come in. Like give them two weeks, whatever you need. Like get, I think they get it, it like the one theater. day now, right? Yeah, like one day is insane. Yeah. Like, and then put it put it in the theater, like Brian is saying. Like, get give people ample time to like get their people in in the building. I think two weeks is fine. If you want to push it to November, sure. But like, I think at minimum, I think two that's weeks. a cool way to do it. Is yeah. is have it be the last official event of the series? Oh, that would be dope. Ah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Have the rest of the place closed down, so it's not that big of a deal. It's just yeah. the stage, and mm -hmm. like they can do everything else, and just like yeah. Because as it stands now, I think the main event plays out, and there is so we crown uh, the winner, and then there's still events. I think there's going. like maybe four events thereafter. Yeah. I um, I and I could be wrong. Uh, maybe it does all time out well. So I think the 16th is the final event. Yeah, it is. Or the final day of the final yep. event. Uh, the main. Let's see. Tomorrow's a day two, so day three. The main, the main, the last day of the main is the sixteenth. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, then they do coincide, mm -hmm. but uh, you know we don't have to make it that way, right? Yeah, like, I, I just think we could November space it more nine if we was, wanted was to. Was really nice. Like, 
at least the concept of the November 9, where it's like, you know, this secluded kind of exclusive club. Yeah, where it's like you know you're part of the final table. It's like all these people. It gives TV. media a chance to feature yeah. it a little bit more. Maybe, maybe the two three month layoff is way yeah. way too much. Maybe you don't need long. three months, but, at but least, I like the idea of a week. Yeah, week, I like the weeks, week to yeah. two weeks thing where you mm -hmm. get you know you get to tell your friends from home like hey fly out like whatever it's all cool. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I think that that'd be good. What'd good. you bag, Chen? I bagged the uh, one oh five and change. Six My chainsaw, man. He's just in there. <laughs> I was just catching, bro. I was just catching. Uh, I was just like, got him. One, is that, that's the most, right? All of us. 125. Nice. What'd you bag last year on day one? 88. Mm. Okay. All right. We're, we're pacing ahead. Yeah, Melissa's so, got the tortoise stack. I have the exact <laughs> starting stack. Like literally the to the, literally, literally 60, exactly 60,000 even. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I got... I was up to like a hundred something shortly before the day ended, and then I got fluffed in that one here. Like, it just took the deepest sigh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's like you're buying directly into day two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I got to except you, know, you have the mental trauma of having yeah, played day exactly. one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, it was it was like, enjoyable. Yeah, honestly. she had the yeah. cowboy at her fun. table. I didn't feel traumatized. I it actually went by like I I thought it was gonna feel like such a long day, but it went by pretty fast. It always gets it's so such yeah. an enjoyable event. It's yeah. so, much so much fun. It's so much it's fun. You get to play so many hands. I love it's so like cool. not having to work against the blind so hard. Like yeah. it's just like really nice. And being a feast or famine is. You know what? I love I love being a feast or famine because I'm okay with the famine look man i'll tell you right now from experience lean away <laughs> no <laughs> way man get come, out get come, out where you can become a my side yeah tortoise cross over to the tortoise side, side. 15 I, for I'm, 15 in day ones so. no, <laughs> please, tell, Landon, please tell me what it's like to bust a day one i have no I'm idea no, <laughs> <laughs> honestly like honestly i'm fine it's fine well uh, it's I, fine. I, but for the wrong reasons um yeah i was bad at saying no to, uh, to some swaps, so I swapped a decent bit. He way over swapped. Yeah. Anyways, like well, it I, seems I like you have, did fine. Then. I mean, you did say no to the Connie swap. No. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Twice as insulting. Showered this guy. I think that he might, might have been a bad on Twitter. You don't He's showering him on swaps. I know. No, it's you don't say no to the Connie swap. That's a run good swap. I knew that Conrad was going to win. I knew Conrad was going to win. You're an elitist. You 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 have to let's there there are certain characteristics to swapping. Uh, correctly it's not just finding the person who's better than you no 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 my friend you find the baby run good yep you find you find the desperate run good. <laughs> nobody nobody needs this more than conrad that is a guaranteed min cash oh yeah bare minimum i, right? I like, asked him to swap uh, i was right, like i've also run good and i believe that he will cash yeah you probably should have offered him like a price like i'll give you 1.25 <laughs> to one you know probably yeah <laughs> but hey he's just giving it out take it yeah uh yeah but, you gotta look for the for the life uh the the life narratives that fit with a deep run in yes. the main event. He's and who's a bigger story than than who, our hood we need over someone here? who just had a Long like shot. we need someone to have a baby yeah, no, nah, we don't. Not it. <laughs> not it. We, we really don't, though. <laughs> no. Do we not? Yeah. It'd be no. so fun. Uh, I mean, it's so painful getting in 130. Brian. It's definitely Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you have to name us all godparents, though. All godparents? That's right, the only yeah. way we're going to run good. I No babies over here. <laughs> no I got babies? two dogs. That's good enough. <laughs> what the hell is it with that tab can? <laughs>
They have the tab get on. Yeah, you gotta look for people who have a tab. Like yeah. these are the people you want to be swapping out yeah. with for sure. I don't. Okay. Uh, Alright, okay. before we get any more into the shit, uh, I want to announce that Andrew Brokus has launched a new course for us today. Uh, this has been one of the more enjoyable courses that I've watched from our site. It is on betting lines. Uh, the mm -hmm. idea behind it is that he will convey a lot of the common lines that you'll see in uh, your environments, the small bet on the flop, followed by a large bet on the turn, as well as some underutilized lines similar to like check, raise, check. Um, basically the premise here is to give you the broad strokes and understanding as to why these lines exist at equilibrium and then dig in a little bit deeper to demonstrate why the solver prefers one option over the other i believe we got a quick preview of that so i'll let guapo cut to it i'm andrew brokus and this time around we will be talking about betting lines thinking across multiple streets what are we accomplishing with certain betting lines check raising and then checking the next street or check calling the flop and then shoving the river after the turn checks through. When we bet small on the flop and then bet much larger on the turn, what is the function of those two bets in tandem? Yo, they, guys, watch, they watch yeah. it at that speed or what? What do you mean? That show's fast. That's normal speed. No, that was, was 1.5, I believe. That was like 1.5x. No, it's a 30-second commercial. Okay, well, uh, it was hard. You guys, why, why are you guys hating on pigtails, man? This is no, what they do. No, no, I'm hating on myself. I couldn't keep up. This shit's hard. <laughs> <laughs> you can slow it down. You can, you can make it 0.25x. Is there an option what? to make it 0.75? Yeah, there is. Okay, if cool. you guys would have heard the audio, it would have been a lot slower to you. Oh, yeah. Um Brokers is one of my favorite coaches. I think he does a great job of distilling down complex problems into very simple language. Uh, I think his book is a perfect example of that. So if you guys are interested in checking out that course, he has a few others on our site as well. Head over to solveforwide.io, uh, free two-week trial, give you the option to preview it first if you like. Uh, cancel anytime. You know how the whole thing works. Getting back to the WSOP, uh, this is what gave me real FOMO yesterday not that i busted busting obviously had something to do with it but they started the coverage yesterday mm. wow. i was of the impression they weren't starting it until like day three oh right on day one Real ivy mm -hmm. they put him on the stage and he's not even there <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like yeah i'm just like thinking like if i'm production like Okay, we got Phil Ivy on. Like everybody's gonna watch. You put him on, and he's not even like he's just he's just blinding out. He already he's just, has like a stack and a half. He's like out somewhere, like having sushi at Nobu. Like, they're just like he's okay. both the best and worst person to put on a feature table at the same time. Uh, he played really good, man. Like I said this the other day when I was saying that you know a lot of people would say Ivy's worst game is No Limit. Uh, he's good though. Bro, Ivy's like. That's whether, the scary part about whether it. he studies or learns through osmosis, like he does the right things, you know. He's and, been and doing the right things for thirty years. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's like he studied stud. Right. No, but he was the best. I think he's just one of those guys who intuitively understands games, yeah. right? And you know, he thinks about games differently. Well, like, he was getting cheated when he was seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, he's good. Yeah. Do you that's think fair. he's really good at like board games and stuff? Yeah, I we bet. should play Ticket to Ride with Fly. No, yeah, he, 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 he doesn't want that us. smoke. <laughs> he don't want that you, smoke. Berkey hasn't talked about Ticket to Ride in months. Uh, you haven't talked about it in months. You. you guys don't want the smoke. <laughs> Alright? That's not the story. Don't, no, nobody, maybe, it's retired. Maybe Take Phil it to got, ride is retired around here. 
Conrad guys, is the best ticket to ride player in this room. You sure. guys don't want it anymore. It's maybe maybe Phil over. got cheated by his grandpa to like build him up. Like, That's what I'm saying. It was yeah. it was part of the hero's journey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like his beginnings was like, wow. you can get cheated by anyone. Like watch your back. That's cool. And now he's the best. It's like a fable. Yeah. The I like story, it. It's like a, it's the hero's journey. Yeah. He starts and now he's circling back. Thanks, grandpa. <laughs> I knew you were looking after me and didn't just want my $5. My five dollars. <laughs> it's hard to get money when you're Damn, seven. How do you get money? When... Cold. Yeah. <laughs> He's stealing five bucks yeah. from his grandson. Mm -hmm. I teach him a lesson. Look at him now. Yeah. I think it worked, you know. I mean, how much do you play for when you're seven? Like, what can it's you get? Probably cheated like out of? literally pennies. Yeah, yeah. they probably yeah. play for, for nickels. And yeah. Dimes, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. probably nothing. But so then they end up cutting. Like they they started featuring Chino's table. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Yeah, Chino. <laughs> Chino played well too, man. Like Chino's Chino ran... good too. I heard he was vaping on the future table. Yeah, but <laughs> this is this is what we live for. Yeah, like vaping. A guy that doesn't show up. It's incredible. We it's... live for vaping and not showing up to Just events. Like, the, the, this is what I was poker at the table. Is. Like I was on the the hallway rail, and then Phil Ivy was like across. And there was a whole crowd around him with like cameras and everything. You think cool. Daniel's jealous? I think Phil Helmuth's jealous. Ooh, probably. maybe Phil Helmuth's jealous. <laughs> he didn't even show up yet, bro. He's coming. He, he showed up. He showed up he today. Showed up in a oh, gift seat. wow! He picked the worst day too. <laughs> he picked this day. What's the matter with it? I know. <laughs> oh man, unreal. Um, the why would you pick this day too? Over the <laughs> I it's know. insane. I know. I don't understand. Like, why? Because would you? there's tighter players today. <laughs> so he doesn't bust. <laughs> that might be true. That's that fair. actually might be true. Yeah. They're playing uh, ten-handed today. No, no, no he said they're right. tighter players today. There's no. overall uh, tighter, a tighter, tighter field. I think he said ten players. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I enjoy most that's now becoming a tradition, starting last year, is Jeff Platt's "Please Stand Up for Me." Yeah, uh, <laughs> really enjoyed it. He went through. He interviewed uh, Brooke Living JRB, uh, Barstool Mizzy, and of course. Fan favorite, Brent Hanks. Yes. <laughs> I didn't see it. What was Who that before dinner? All right, so we have most interviews planned out, but some you have to kind of move up in the pecking order because this guy might not be around for too long. Brent Hanks, uh, stand up for me, please, just if you don't mind. Right back to the old hey, bit, huh? Yeah, how's, how's your main event experience been so well, far? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's been freaking terrible. Yeah. And to be honest, I have 21,000 chips. And you start with 60K. You start with 60 well, just just in case the people didn't know. Start with sixty thousand, Jeff. Yes, this guy's making full houses while I'm making flushes. This guy's not betting aces when I'm turning full houses, and it, and this guy's really good. And the rest of them, they're all just really nice guys. But I mean, you know, they're beating me in every goddamn hand. Can uh, I? I can't say that. No, probably not. Uh, how's the rest of your summer gone, though? Good series, other than this. You see the horns on this head, Jeff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're about to get gored right out of those doors over there. It's been a horrible summer. You know the answer to this. And uh, it's just awful. You know, life is full of sadness. We'll play this hand and hopefully it gets a little happier you for you. Probably not. No, I don't really care. All right, best of luck. Life is full of sadness. <laughs> you know, I think while you guys are all enjoying yourselves on day two tomorrow, I might just have Brent co-host yeah. yeah, with me. Guys yeah, can just commiserate together. <laughs> me, you, and Buffalo Hanks here chopping it up, talking me, about how Hanksy. sad life is. That was such a good interview. He's the that best. Was great. That was awesome. <laughs> he's, he's the absolute best. I, I think that there's a lot of gold in that little bit. That I, I wonder whose idea it was. Do you think it was Platts or do you think it was like somebody 
I think it just up. happened like the first time. He's like, "Oh, stand up for me," and then it became a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think like, it, I think it was just like organic. Like, yeah, just really clean. Yeah, like <laughs> I know Jeff a little bit, and I, I think that that's what makes this a little bit funnier. But it, like, you know, it's when you're on dating apps. Uh, once you finally land on that that good icebreaker, mm. you just copy and paste it oh. forever. Okay, so what's yours? <laughs> Uh, I don't have one for oh. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still he doesn't have one. He doesn't I think have I think high with the wave emoji is starting to oh, do pretty oh, well. No. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you know, you finally get that icebreaker. I'm sure you went through like four or five ways of trying to interrupt somebody's play and getting, and then finally it was just like, please stand up. And he's like, oh, oh, that's good. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we have something yeah, here. That's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah, this is a little bit of a bit. It's good. I hope. I hope it sticks Take around. Take a little long. break right here. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, what There's are the two other guys? With Jeff Blatt. It's like the the stand up, and then like, what suit is he gonna wear? Like, he always uh -huh. has like a, a a suit. Everyone's like, yeah. he's dapper, man. I saw he his. Uh, yeah. He posted yeah. a thing that he had his his planned suits for the week. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Oh, he's out. giving a he's wow. giving an inside look yeah, into the wardrobe suit game, Burke, or no? No, I only have four suits. Yes, uh, only he's got to have so many suits. Yeah, I mean, he was a he was an on air sportscaster for. You think they paid for his suits on air? Yeah, but like you, you think know, Poker Go signs pays his suits. Uh, I don't know, Probably not. but when he was when he was like a newscaster, I'm sure that they were paying picking up like the JC Penny tab. You think he makes more of Poker Go or the news? Poker girl, obviously. Yeah, so Carrie Katz is paying for his suits. Probably. <laughs> I think he's upgraded now. I think he's getting that stitch shit, you know, the nice oh, stuff. Shit. Before he was like getting he was on a JC Penny budget, mm. you know. Yeah, like, JC Penny dog? Yeah. Nordstrom like, Rack. Nordstrom Rack. There's a Nordstrom Rack in that's the in between. No, Nordstrom Rack is like the stuff that they take from Nordstrom that like no one wants. It's like three but, seasons out yeah. outdated, you know. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get you there. It's a stepping stone. That's where yeah. I shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ross and Nordstrom Rack are two like very tortoise like tortoise Of course, the tortoise not, is looking for Ross. a discount. No, Ross? It's the same thing. But, yeah. TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Ross. No, and Nordstrom Rack has much better stuff. It's higher. Ross. Ross. Has TJ, has to be. TJ Maxx and Marshalls is that. Nordstrom like, has to be. Nordstrom Rack has to be better than TJ Maxx. Marshalls is different. Marshalls is brand name clothes that are lines dedicated to Marshalls. TJ Maxx okay. is the same. So, like, mm -hmm. uh, no, TJ Maxx is... Uh, you got to be more dedicated when you go to Marshalls and... T like, no, 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 no. You're, you're, mis you're misconceived. I know what you're Marshall's saying. Marshalls and TJ Maxx are not the same. TJ Maxx and, like, all of those other stores mm -hmm. are stores that get old clothes that are out of seasons that are brand name, and they sell them at a discount. Marshalls is uh, similar to, like, Target, where they have brands actually dedicate lines that are higher end brands elsewhere so you're getting a lower quality oh. of the same brand gotcha. oh, i get it i get it gotcha uh so it's it's it, yeah it's, it's different i think kohl's does that i know a lot about sure TJ Maxx is i i low-key know these random things i low-key pay very close attention to to fashion despite the fact that i show up in a t-shirt and backwards hat every day he does you know That's how why i said if you were shopping a lot, with a like, girl oh, like, you would mansplain fashion to them i would not mansplain i would mansplain man male fashion he went i know nothing about female right Ooh. You guys went shopping? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Did he mansplain fashion to her at all? I was too busy being the subject of said fashion. Cause <laughs> I, her and I agreed with almost everything. I including heard, the ugly shirt I he bought. I heard differently. Including the ugly shirt he bought. <laughs> that is, okay, for one, the shirt isn't ugly, and now you like the shirt. Everyone likes I came the shirt. Which shirt? I came around. It's the one, it's the gray one that kind of looks like a washing machine. <laughs> what? Oh, no, I hate that machine? shirt. The plaid one? No. No, that shirt, that, the one that it's looks green. like... No, I like that it's one. It's green, not like gray. It, it's, yeah. yeah, it's green. It kind of looks like a Picasso painting yeah. that yeah. like went wrong. It's loud as yeah. fuck. It went right. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> my Do you ever see Pete Davidson? He everyone thinks he's so stylish and he dresses so loud. It, yeah, but like it's, and it's he's just tall, because too. the rumor is that he has a he huge, has huge cock. Dick, yeah. He can do anything at this point and just still be the guy with the huge cock. Yeah. Sounds like all you need is a rumor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. why you, this is why you're doing it right by having like so the if, circle of trust of females. If you guys because, want, to, want me to start rumors for you, right. like just like that's doing the you Lord's work. Pay me, <laughs> like, you you can pay me like, I don't know, 150 bucks and I'll, and I'll spread you? because it's a service <laughs> and I'll spread the rumor this, about uh, your manhood. This, is, the, this, this is straight out of a friend's episode um, where uh, Chandler was like bartering with Rachel and he was unwilling to do it. And she goes, I'll tell everybody that you're here or you're here. Yeah. And he goes, fine. And then, so she started the rumor and instantly Joey's like, no, he's not. Yeah. Uh, 90s. Fashion. Nice. All right. Fashion. The, main, the main story of the day. The main uh, event. We're finally going to talk CoinFlex. So this, wow. this story broke last Friday. What? Why you I, don't, I didn't teeth? want to cut you off, but help me to bust it. Yes! <laughs> that, you know, that was a good PSA. That was a good yeah. chin service announcement. No, that yeah. was perfect. CSA. Yeah. CSA. That was, that was, that was, was our CSA. This guy stinks. How do you find that? Where's that? What? Chad is telling us that he is busted. Breaking news. Breaking I, oh, news. I, I, yeah, I saw Caleb said breaking news, but I didn't see. Yep. Breaking wow. news. Amazing. Phil Hellmuth out on day two. Wow. Dark. Man. Don't get it mistaken. He did not bag for day two. He just bought in 90 minutes ago and probably less, actually, oh. because he probably late read day two. <laughs> late read day two. <laughs> probably. Do we have a hand history? Uh, uh, I can dude, try to find it. We're trying. I'm sure. The people are on it. Much <laughs> like Bitcoin I Latinum. found it. I found it. I okay. Found it. Let's hear it. Okay. Bill Hamuth and Sean Smith went heads up blind versus blind on queen eight four uh, flush draw queen four of the suit. Uh, Hamuth calls a bet. Both players check the deuce turn, so it's queen eight four deuce flush draw. Uh, Hamuth changed from his Darth Vader costume into a black and yellow jersey, put out a twenty five thousand green chip, and got called and announced twelve thousand on the three of clubs river. So it's queen eight four deuce three. Uh, and then he jams for twelve thousand. And then he the bets. River? He gets raised on okay. the river. So he bets. Okay, so on the river he puts out twelve k out of his twenty five. Like he says twelve. Yeah. Gets raised to thirty k, and then he gets set. He's in the tank for many minutes. Um, Changed into another shirt. I get to change again. <laughs> so then he calls, and the guy shows ace five for the wheel. Queen, Ooh, eight, four, it. deuce, three. So Ooh, the backdoor wheel, wheel. And Phil Helmuth had kings oh, throwing in the, into the muck, burying his head in his hands <laughs> as he's been knocked down to a severe short stack an hour into his main event. And then he busted with King Jack against sixes, where a few minutes later, after losing that big pot to Sean Smith, Phil Helmuth sent the rest of his 6,000 in the middle and was up against Jeff Frerichs. Phil Helmuth, King Jack, Frerichs, pocket sixes. If I lose this, I can say I won zero pots this main event, Helmuth said, <laughs> heading to the King 10-7 flop. Helmuth made a pair of kings and improved to two pair on the jack turn. 
Six River wow. gave Crocs a set and sent four Helmy to the rail. They did him so dirty. It sounds like when he took the gimp suit off, the wheels fell off. Wait, the wheels fell on because he took the gimp suit off mid-hand. Hold up, are we going to ignore that he just opened Rip 30 blinds with King Jack off? 30 blinds? No, 6,000, right? No, 6,000. Less than 10 bigs. It's day two. It was less than 10 blinds. What am I talking about? Uh, Yeah, my bad. Poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. This is how they get you. See, this is why you show up on day one because there's some nit like Helmuth who overplays kings to to some idiot from Northern Europe and uh, just dust off the entire 60K. Uh, I mean, this picture they have for poker news is a very, very good picture. If you could find it, Guapo, it's Ferrix takes the rest from Helmuth. You really got to see this picture as to Phil's frustration and costume. <laughs> well, his main event lasted one hour. Uh, he bested both of us, Landon. Yeah, if we had to last he longer, he would have won. Well, sort of. No, he wins because he made yeah, it. But if we did it by time, sure, we win. We win. He loses. No, you win. And I win. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, this, there. What, is, what is this outfit? It's a gimp suit. <laughs> It's a gimp suit. I do feel like Bring he has like gimp. a ball gag underneath that yeah. mask. <laughs> oh man, how on earth do we transition into CoinFlex at this point? Uh, we're going to do it. We got to right. do the hard thing. We got to talk about it, man. This guy has dragged people for the better part of six years over the smallest oh, things. Oh, you're taking that route. Oh yeah, I'm going to take that <laughs> fucking route. Are you kidding me? Are you? I mean, like, I've been sure, waiting for this day. Sure, <coughs> this, uh, he doesn't for own Coinflex your entire life. What? what? You've been waiting for this? No, I haven't. No, I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't relish. Yeah, I don't think you dislike Doug. Or uh, I think. I think you just. I dislike his no, approach. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I dis. I, I think he's very good at what he does. I just yeah, think, sure. uh, from a business ethics standpoint, he's uh, he's annoying. <laughs> um, the story goes as such, much like a lot of other exchanges that we've seen over the last. I don't know, month and a half, two months uh, during this bear market. CoinFlex has seized all operations. No, that's not true. Let me clarify. It has seized all cash outs. Still happily accepting money onto the platform, which in and of itself is probably a bit of a red flag and problem. Um, but they halted all cash outs, uh, I believe last Friday, I think is when this first broke. Uh, actually, it might have been earlier. Uh, July 1st was when the quote-unquote announcement was going to come through, um, which was last Friday. So the actual CoinFlex uh, halting um, cash outs, I believe, was maybe last Monday. So it's been a week and a half or so. The ultimate claim was that uh, they over-leveraged themselves based off of uh, a bunch of debt that they allege Roger Ver owes them. Uh, Bitcoin Jesus, if you will. Uh, so they're basically saying that he owes 47 million USDC. Uh, they have a written contract with him personally to guarantee any negative equity on his CoinFlex account. Um, and this is what they were, I guess, supposedly predicating the large yield um, returns to their consumers off of. No way. 47 million is a small number. For so small, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So small. It's not it. What's the balance sheet look like? Yeah. Right. Like how, how, how is everybody's money currently worth zero cents on the dollar? Yeah, right. There's no way it's over that. Right. No so clearly they didn't have segregated funds. Obviously they were basically playing the lottery with, uh, I'm speculating at this point, but it seems apparent to me. 
that they were kind Classic of playing case. Yeah, they were over leveraged, right? Yeah. They they were using uh, a bunch of consumer money to try to leverage and yield farm greater uh, returns than what they were offering back. They got their hand caught in the cookie jar, and now they're kind of pinning it on Roger Ver. Uh, Ver discredits their claim, says that uh, there have been uh, grumblings that or rumors spreading that he's defaulted on a debt to a counterparty. Uh, these rumors are false. Not only does he not have a debt to this counterparty, but this counterparty owes him a substantial sum of money. Um, hmm. Obviously, we don't know the truth. The courts, I would assume, would flesh this out. Either there's a contract or there's not. Either there's debt or there's not. I don't think this is very gray. So uh, when two sides like this take opposite or opposing positions, uh, at some point, we're going to find out the truth. Hmm. In, in the near term... CoinFlex's uh, plan of attack here is that they are going to launch another coin oh, no. for consumers to buy. Oh, God. That oh, no. will, Don't buy that coin. That will offer, I believe they were saying no uh, a 10% yield. Um, it might have been 15% yield. It might have even been 20%. I don't know. It was, they were offering a high yield. And it was all oh. based off of the debt that they're, they're claiming Vayer uh, had uh, vouched for. Right, so they're basically saying like, buy this new coin, uh, and we will pay you interest on your purchase based off of the interest that's being paid to us by mm-hmm. this debtor uh, in Roger Ver, which, when that counterparty publicly says, I don't owe this debt, probably doesn't make consumers feel super confident about buying this new coin. No, it's weird. Um, so I think there are a lot of red flags they're here. Doing obviously, doing an ICO or what? Uh, good question. I didn't look like much. it's sort of like, hey, uh, we're fucked and we need funds. Can right. you guys buy our shit coin so we have more money? <laughs> yeah, so exactly. We can, like, uh, we can exactly try and chase our like. losses and pay you guys back. Yeah, I kind of didn't look into it any exactly further because it just seemed like a Ponzi to me at that point. Yeah. <laughs> this is crypto in basic this is, English. This is crypto. I mean, this um, is just what happens. I, I, I wonder why they don't go a more traditional route. Like if the company actually is worth something, uh, if they feel that they have... Uh, some technology or some proof of concept that they can offer that makes the company valued at more than their negative debt right now. Yeah. Why don't they just raise funds in the more traditional way through VC? Um, you know, bring in an angel investor, yeah. get capital that way. Uh, it, it does seem like a bit of Because they might have gotten rejected by VCs. <laughs> right, right. It does seem like it was spit in the face to the community and basically Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I feel like I saw this so much when I was like doing NFTs where they would like fail their NFT project and then like launch another one and be like, let's try again. Yeah. We didn't get enough for, from the first 1.5 million. Let's do right. another one. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like, it's such an easy cra- cash grab. They're so incentivized to just like release a shit coin or an NFT or whatever. And then yeah. people will just buy it because they're degenerate. Yeah, so, you know, the the confidence here that anybody's going to see any return on their money should be relatively low. Uh, I do think that, like, to Christian's point, $47 million of the total sheet balance is relatively small. So, if CoinFlex is not, it's not a... Relative, it's, it's in the grand scheme of an exchange, $47 million is tiny. Yeah. We're yeah. not talking about a lot of money here. Right, right, like, right. But, okay, go ahead. Uh, but anyway, if if they are actually doing their due diligence and uh, are not bad actors in this space, then we should soon, if not already, have seen them say, uh, you know, if you want to withdraw, uh, you could do so at like a 20% loss, a 30% loss. You can, you can withdraw 70 cents on the dollar, right? Now, obviously, that's tricky too because there'll be an immediate run on the bank. Yeah, uh, A lot of people will take 70 cents on the dollar over nothing. Um, but also the fact that like this isn't even discussed as far as I can tell 
uh, from the CoinFlex plan moving forward, and it just really feels like the liquidity is not there. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not that hard to jump to a conclusion when exchanges cease cash outs and the market plummeted, you know, sixty uh, percent over right. the last couple of months. Yeah. It just stands to reason yeah. they lost a fucking pile. Right. Of course. Uh, so you know, R.I.P. If if your money's out there in uh, the CoinFlex exchange. We feel for you. Uh, you know, everybody gets got at least once or twice in this market. Uh, it's young. It's new. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fast money, but also a lot Don't of keep your money pools. on exchanges. Yeah, it, there's that Cold inherent storage risk is very important. when you put when you keep your money on exchanges, no matter how big the it's exchange is. Our community knows this firsthand. We we kept big balances on unregulated uh, poker sites for yeah. half a decade, mm-hmm. and we got the rug pulled. We yeah, got we, very lucky to be. Uh, saved and to get that money back. Remember Net Teller? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we still have yeah. our money on black sites. <laughs> uh, I would hope you're not keeping much. No, I'm just saying. I, I mean, I can't imagine that there are very many people keeping six-figure balances on, you know, the ACRs of the world. Yeah. Um, people were for a while when that high-stakes rat hole was running the yeah. 200 400. Still, a very small player pool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and like I would people. assume percentage of worth. That it's not, yeah, it's not going to break, right? Them, right. Yeah, um, people had I, their entire yeah, worth, exactly. Like I think with these exchanges on on these sites, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with these exchanges, and I think back pre Black Friday, uh, like if you were a high stakes player, you had your entire role on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no functionality to having it elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So, which is so dumb when you look back on it, man. Like we weren't earning any interest; <laughs> we were just like letting it sit right. on a corrupt site. <laughs> yeah. But people yeah, are but dodging at that taxes. point, like everyone's right, so true, bad sure. on there that like you don't, you're making more from just having all your money and being able to like use to that than actually earning interest. On yeah, and there were like payment processing was so awful. It was yeah. so hard to get. It, it still is, right? It's just so hard to get large Did they sums have P2P? of money on there. Uh, what's that? Like, could you transfer to player? player? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That was, so that was like just, the biggest yeah. market. Yeah. Uh, on all sites. Well, crypto full changes tilt, everything yeah. on like being able to get paid out easily on most that's true sites. like well, everything it, it was necessary huh? yeah for, it, it was necessary because the banking there was a lot of banking no fraud of course mm-hmm. but well yeah. even back then payouts were never a problem it was deposits yeah okay. banks would yeah. facilitate the payout uh-huh. but mm-hmm. you needed a third-party processor to deposit Make sure. yeah and we had net teller up until 2006 mm-hmm. but then they had to exit the u.s market yeah. uh due to the ugi that's a buy like UGEI prepaid cards and stuff like yeah that. yeah and a net teller card, and every time I tried to use it, the like the cashier would just look at it and like, what yeah. the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's a card. It <laughs> yeah. works. There's we money on it. Deb- just- we had net teller debit cards in like 2005. Like, yeah, I'm going to the- take it. So I'm like, it's a Visa card. You won't take it? <laughs> I used to use the Visa Vanilla. I have to walk yeah. down to 7-Eleven. Get it loaded up. Max you put on is 500. <laughs> no, this like was the opposite. This was, this this was, was the opposite. It was the actual debit card for us. So we were keeping our money on net teller. Uh, and we could either move it to a site or we could just spend it through the card. Isn't yeah. there a global poker card? Yeah. You have one, right? Global poker actually has something pretty cool where they um, basically have their own little debit card. Yep. And you can just like cash out to it immediately. And yeah. They also let you cash out to like gift cards. Yeah. A lot um, of people do that to pay taxes or less. What's, um, what's Doug's role in all this now? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think that's where the conversation turns. Uh, so Doug made his statement. Uh, Later than July 1st, maybe the 2nd or 3rd, uh, he did step down as an ambassador at CoinFlex, which I think is the right thing to do. Um, uh, and honestly, like, for all intent and purposes, like, I'm going to give him shit because uh, I feel like 
if roles were reversed, he would spend a week dragging somebody through the mud for something mm -hmm. like that. Four <laughs> videos on it, yeah. at least a, a minimum. Four and videos on a podcast, and, like mm. probably on their family and why their why their family dog is like a piece of shit too. Forty seven. Uh, so like, I I feel like he has his just dues coming. The internet is doing a great job of just dragging him through the mud and trolling him. Like there are endless Reddit threads. Uh, somebody made a meme video about him. It, honestly, I'm relishing it. I'm not above enjoying uh, the spoils of somebody who's an asshole taking his own just dues. But uh, I do think he handled it well. Uh, as well as you can handle a situation like this. Uh, I think his statement was a little bit incomplete. I think it was shirking a lot of the responsibility to CoinFlex, which is mostly fair. But I think he also needs to acknowledge he had a role in this and that his platform is massive. And there are a lot of people who were probably hurt based off of his vouching for the site. Yeah. And that's the big point of conversation that I want to have moving forward. Uh, after, uh, I think WAPO has uh, a brief clip of uh, Doug kind of giving his statement. On June 23rd, cryptocurrency exchange CoinFlex paused user withdrawals and stated they would have an update on the 27th and that hopefully withdrawals would begin by the 30th. I resigned as global ambassador for CoinFlex on June 28th once I got everything squared away on the legal front. And I'm making my statement today, July 1st, because I didn't want to play a role in potentially harming the ability for people to get paid out. On June 23rd, cryptocurrency exchange CoinFlex paused user withdrawals and stated they would have an update on the 27th and that hopefully withdrawals would begin by the 30th. I resigned as global ambassador for CoinFlex on June 28th once I got everything squared away on the such, legal front. Such an impactful statement we had to hear it twice. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I think once we get to this point, this is all that can really be done as an ambassador. You know, he's not going to start paying people back, obviously. No. Um, and his brand should take a, a minor hit for this. Like, it, it just is what it is. You have to be very careful in vetting who you do business with. Uh, and the crypto space in and of itself is so incredibly dicey, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't like want to overlook the fact that there when you do build a brand like this there's a lot of opportunities to partner with people that can offer you a lot in return for very little right like i don't know what their deal was but i'm certain that he was probably getting compensated handsomely to simply shield their their site and it's a trap in some regards because if you're not privy to how the business is operating, what their uh, you know what their business plan is, and how stable that plan will be moving forward. Slash how hurt the people that you're shilling for or to uh, can be should it all crumble. Then you're kind of just playing a game of Russian roulette where you hope that you align with the one that makes it. And this is troublesome, and we saw it a lot during the pandemic. And I you know I, I tried to call it out as much as I could, but there were a lot of what I feel were selfish actors that uh, really shield hard for the black market app games and built clientele and built, um, you know, their own upline uh, of games that A, weren't beatable, B, were largely being cheated, and C, uh, ran the risk of not ever seeing payouts. And it's very similar to the way crypto exchanges are set up. There just isn't any overseeing body like the SEC that will um, you know, ensure that they're operating on the up and up and that they're not ready to collapse or whatever the case may be. And we're, we're just operating in this wild, wild west space. So 
when you go so far as to start to leverage your 300,000 followers and you get paid to do so, I do think that you have a responsibility to your audience to, at a minimum, at a minimum, throw in the qualification of uh, this is not financial advice, invest at your own risk, here's all the potential downsides, right? And that should be expressed to the person paying you ahead of time. Like, uh, we've passed on a lot of deals because I thought that they were way too way too probable to be net negatives for the audience. But if I were willing to accept one of those where I think, you know, hey, this could go either way. This could blow up and be a massive thing and I'll be happy that I got in at the ground and I'll be happy for our audience that they had the early availability to it. Or this could just totally be a rug and, uh, you know, they could not be operating properly and see everything pulled out from underneath them. If that were my feeling and I thought it was that close, then I would just want the, the qualifier of, listen, I need to give a disclaimer every time I promote you. And that's quite reasonable in my opinion because you're just educating the market. You're still doing God's work for the, the company that you are basically representing because it's expensive to educate a market. And sure, they want dumb money to funnel in in the early going because it helps build the marketplace. It helps... Uh, you know, establish them as an industry leader when they're able to just pull in mass volume of, of cash, right? But ultimately, you need for sus for sustainability and stability, you need the market to correct a bit and become relatively educated, right? This isn't poker where your goal as the exchange is to fleece people who are stupid, right? And I hate to reduce poker down to that, but <laughs> uh, at the nuts and bolts level, that's kind of what our, our mission is right it's to take as much money away from those who aren't protecting it in in a strategic way right but that's not the exchange's goal the exchange is to have a healthy ecosystem of people who are basically breaking even and paying them fees right mm -hmm. so you want an ambassador who will get out there and educate the market you just don't want him to spin it in a negative light right you don't want him to give this disclaimer with now i know you're all familiar with all of these exchanges that have collapsed and that could happen here too right <laughs> you don't want to go that far yeah but you definitely want to do your due diligence and say like listen uh you know i'm a member of this exchange i utilize this exchange and i have the utmost faith in this exchange that they're doing right however i don't know enough about their back end i don't know exactly what's going on at at the top i you know, maybe you don't go so far as to say, I can't confidently say they segregate their funds or whatever the point is, is like, I don't think you can give the commercial without the disclaimer. And that, in my opinion, is what he was most guilty of ever since he signed on as a CoinFlex ambassador and didn't walk back one single time in that apology video that was 20 mon 21 minutes long. That's wild. That's wild that he, he could, like, like you said, that is the bare minimum. This is not financial advice. Understand that crypto is risky. And I mean, like you can leave it at that, and and you're you're you're. At I least, mean, you probably did at some point. I, I hope. Yeah, so. I don't think that's enough for what it's worth. That's not enough. I'm saying it's the bare minimum. Like, yeah, and he probably did do yeah. that. I didn't watch every single video I ever put right. out, but um, you know, the majority of stuff that I did consume, it was just like now time for a CoinFlex ad. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you know, we can look at this in other spheres, right? So a guy like Rogan pre-Spotify, a guy like Tim Ferriss, these guys get to pick and choose, right? They're so sought after that they get to pick and choose who they put on, and they truly just, uh, I would imagine, go for products that they believe in and products that uh, ultimately, no matter what the worst case scenario is, they can't really look bad on, right? Yeah. They're not going to take on a risky uh, endorsement deal. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make any sense for them.
But when we don't have that luxury at, at that next tier or maybe even five tiers below, whatever, uh, then the, the, the business deal is done very differently, right? Like there are a lot of affiliate deals out there to, uh, to adhere for, for in, in the gambling market, right? Whether it's for um, uh, sports betting, DFS, poker, whatever. There are a lot of affiliate deals where you can get paid a CTA for every consumer that signs up and deposits, uh, whatever the case may be. This, but is, it's, the, this is the thing, Berg. No, I don't want to cut you off. The, the, problem with, the problem with the Doug Polk thing is that because he's never taken like sponsorship money from a site, he's always been like super critical of people that have taken sponsorship monies from a site that went bad and all these things. When he finally does take something everyone assumes that this has to be like the utmost thing correct because he's just he, he's never taken sponsorships from anyone else i'm sure he's gotten offers he's never taken it um he trashed everyone that like has taken sponsorships and things have gone bad etc and now he finally takes something so right and and to counter that point he was sitting on a, a very tall soapbox by not taking any sponsorships and being extremely critical of right. those who had and fell into the same trap, right? Yeah. And if we look past, if we look back through our history, we've always dragged the person who aligned themselves with what ultimately proved to be a bad actor in the space. Right. We dragged Ferguson, we dragged Letterer, we dragged even so far as to go down to like Matt Stout being aligned with Lock Poker right. that to this day still never paid back their consumers, right? Like. Uh, and, and obviously there's a, a deterioration there, right? Ferguson programmed the software for full tilt. Howard Letterer was like, uh, yeah, there's levels. You know, right below CEO or, or mm -hmm. whatever. He is a part owner of full tilt. Matt Stout was literally paid like a monthly right. to just shill. And, uh, I think we've come full circle now to where it's like, we wouldn't crucify the Stouts necessarily of the world anymore, but the writing's on the wall, man. This is going to happen again. You know, uh, I, I don't want to use, uh, I don't, I don't want to be loose with my examples, but like the poker space is still ripe for this. And we see a lot of names that, uh, you know, aren't the most established in this industry that are aligning themselves with black market sites or call them gray market sites, whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, you know, we can pick the winners now. It's pretty easy to assume that stars is now and forever will be a winner in this space. They are a good actor. They've proven that time and time again uh, through the Black Friday ordeal and everything else. It's very likely that they will always be a staple in some way in this industry. Uh, regulated sites like BetMGM, WSOP, Party Poker, uh, these are very likely to be staples. Um, we could assume GG is going to fall under that umbrella, right? But they're still gray, right? They're still more the full tilt uh, yeah. operator than they are the stars. Now, do I think that that means anything nefarious is going on? Probably not. Like, I think that they are as close to being a part of that cluster of solidified sites as any other. But yeah. when we start to go downstream to a lot of these other ones that are just operating in sheer and utter darkness yeah. and then just like signing people left and right, you got to be fucking careful, man. You got to be careful, you know, because if they just cease cash outs one day, because Bitcoin dropped 30% and they operate solely in crypto. And now we've really figured out that they haven't segregated their funds. What do you do? Are you complicit? How are Bro. you not? Bro. Right? How are you not? You drove money 
through your platform to that's, these sites. That's the hard part about it, right? right. It's like you have some, you know, when you put your name on something, like you should be proud of of that thing, and like also with that comes a little bit of responsibility. So yeah, yeah, it was I, a bad month for Doug, man. Like that whole like woman thing with like the weight, and then now this, like, I mean, he's good. just kind of like the king of bad takes. Whenever you zoom out and look at the entire resume as a whole, right? In each individual aspect, starting all the way back in 2016, whenever he first decided to be a YouTube uh, personality, it was just clear that like what got clicks was going to be controversy. What got clicks was call-out culture and all this other stuff, right? And it worked in the near term. Uh, you could easily zoom in on a hand played or on a statement made in or out of context, whatever, and run with it, right? Like the more rake is better thing got ran with for six years yeah. before it finally played itself out, right? So like it was easy to do that. And uh, it was also easy to do it without being, without having it turned back on you. Right. If you're really just not operating very much otherwise in the space, right? Like he wasn't really playing online at the time. Uh, crypto was so new that he wasn't in any way uh, a voice of it. He wasn't shilling it. He was just doing it on the, on the back channels and, and making and accruing wealth that way. Um, you know, all, all of the things that like basically he was calling out, he could never be subjected to himself because he's, you know, kind of creating his own public platform and never really being scrutinized by another one. Right. But when you zoom out now and look at the total body of context, it's a lot of fucking bad trash takes, mm -hmm. right? Like this handful of people that are shit regs. It's like, okay, relative to what, you know? And like, you start to look at things like, uh, the body shaming, thing uh a month ago or whatever the yeah, case may bad. be or the people that were dragged for representing uh you know poker stars back whenever like the way he dragged yeah. negrano for being a stars pro and how awful stars what like yeah, yeah there was a moment in time where right. stars was bad to the regs but if we zoom out and look at the 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 grand scheme of the resume of stars they're one of the best actors that we've seen in this industry they've mm -hmm. saved online poker numerous times right and maybe that Torch is being passed to GG now. It's it's tough to really say, but the whole point is is like now that's just a bad take. Like the absolute take of this is unfair to pull super, Supernova Elite from the regs, reasonable. But the the years of dragging that company, bad take, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bad take for dragging Negrano for being a part of that company because now that company did do anything that poorly to its consumer base to where they actually got fucked out of money, right? right? But CoinFlex did. Now you're on the other side of it. Now you're in the, in the limelight to be scrutinized. And like one part of the, the statement that I thought was like really laughable was he pointed to the fact that uh, he's being dragged like on, on crypto channels, uh, on Reddit, and there are all these threads about him. He was like kind of appealing to sympathy. And it's like, Holy shit, man. If this doesn't fall on deaf ears, <laughs> then we are all the stupidest uh, people on the planet and deserve what we get. Because it's just like, come on. Like, no. Yeah. What, so you what gotta, you, you got to taste your own medicine a little bit. Here. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure like he'll just happily take it on the chin because what else can you do? Like, I, actually, I don't know how he'll handle it. But if I were in his shoes, this would be a learning moment to eat a little crow, right? Like, this is an opportunity to grow a bit. And say, okay, not only am I going to do my due diligence a little bit better next time, but maybe I'll think twice about just like being a shithead on the internet for clicks 24 7. Maybe not, man. Maybe he no. just makes a video it out works. of us. This is next week. Next week, we got a breaking news. Solve for why 
uh, comes out and does a video on me now, and then they all make fun of us. And that's it. Yeah, it's, honestly, and it's cool. Whatever, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I won't go back. Well, I do. I do think that that like appealing to distraction culture is a really good way to make stuff like this go away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's enough of a personality, and he's well liked enough uh, amongst the community that that can happen, right? Like, uh, what what was oh, like the All American Dave thing, right? All American. No one was happier about uh, the cheating stuff getting launched than him. Yeah, right. because it just instantly. Yeah, the distraction the culture immediately made this a non-thing. It's like, yeah. ooh, what's next? Yeah, and, you, you and I think I think when you're a big personality like Doug, who has a platform with a bunch of people listening, it's not hard to find that next distraction yeah, and, and just point people, drive them in droves yeah. to yep. it. Well, he has to, right? He has to make more videos and stuff because, like, he still has to push his business of the of the lodge and upswing. So, like, he still has to create content. I believe. Also, going yeah. to be murky waters moving forward, man. Like, yeah. nothing, nothing really positive has been coming out of Texas poker news as of late. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's 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 a seedy scene right now and i'm not saying that in the way that like people shouldn't go to texas and play or uh that it's it's a bunch of bad people there i think the exact opposite i fucking love it there yeah i'm rooting so hard so hard for the texas ecosystem to Mm -hmm. to flourish but the structure of the businesses right now definitely are not in the best interest of the consumer outside of the fact that it's low rake yeah and that's kind of scary right because there's this misalignment now of security and availability the availability is just trumping security by like 10x right new rooms are just popping up and they're becoming less and less secure not not speaking about the lodge uh, i don't think that about them at all they've been well established and they're the biggest uh mover in austin by a long shot but uh the houston market is a good example yeah, where um it's been well established long before austin and there were a couple winners and then a bunch of uh very small rooms just trying to crop up and get their little slice of the pie and with each one you hear more and more of these acts of uh you know or, or lack of safety and again like we talk about this is always an inside job right even when uh three bet panda got shot in the parking lot of uh mm-hmm. of tch in austin that that was alleged to have been uh, a tip from the guard that's working there's no way around that man yeah right like there's just no way around that and as long as that loophole exists from a safety standpoint, it means that you're operating in an insecure environment or an unsecure environment, right? Like that just doesn't happen in casinos because there are proper measures that, that, that can be taken. They're an actual financial institution that can, you know, work with banks, get real exchanges, uh, offer safety deposit boxes. Like there are just a million safe havens that can be taken. There's on-site uh, housing, so like you don't actually have to leave. Also, there's just like the 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 stuff that happens in Houston where they just stop paying people out. Yeah, right? yeah. The like Johnny that, Chan that's thing. not gonna happen at the Bellagio. Where Correct. It's owned by MGM. Yeah. That's a public company. Like right. that's not gonna happen. Right. Right. Where it's like now there's they don't pay people out. How how do we know that you know that doesn't happen at some point? That's like, that's that's a great point because uh, if the CoinFlex thing should teach us anything, it's that these exact same type of business structures exist in poker we just don't see them the same Mm -hmm. Uh, a texas poker room is no different than uh, an online crypto exchange right it's literally the exact same they're they're taking in a bunch of money that you're trusting is safe with them 
and then you're hoping to be paid out in the end. Right. Well, one day they just lock the doors and say, sorry, you can't cash your chips. Yeah. A lot of times when, when there's a lot of money like that being deposited or, or being collected from a room or something, they don't just have that money sitting in a room right. waiting, waiting for you to like cash out. Right. They're doing stuff with it. And if that stuff they do with it doesn't work out, people don't right. get paid. Just imagine if, uh, uh, I, obviously I'm speculating, but imagine if, um, you know, any percentage of the Texas rooms had decided that it's silly to have so much cash on hand, A, for risk of robbery. Yeah, let's all buy Bitcoin with it. Right. So let's let's put it into this volatile market that has demonstrated massive returns, mm-hmm. right? And they buy in high. They right. buy in at like the 50K watermark. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it becomes a, a you scenario. You 60% and you're like. Yeah, it becomes a scenario where 60% of their liquidity just got eaten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they can't cover. They get greedy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not even necessarily <laughs> greed, right? Because... In a way, that could be a proactive measure to ensure that you are increasing your bottom line a little bit. But it's where the greed comes into play is like the not understanding how to uh, how Manage to comprehend risk. risk. Right. Yeah. yeah. And to lay off properly yeah. and to ensure exactly. security. Well, and then with the, right especially way, with yeah. like crypto stuff, it's like they'll start leveraging and then they'll have to keep adding to their position to make the number mm-hmm. go lower so, so right. that they don't they get, get liquidated. liquidated and right. then it's just keeps spiraling. Mm-hmm. And if they're any sort of degen, they're just gonna fucking <laughs> fire till it's gone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that that's the extreme case, right? If they just literally take like, you know, call it uh five percent of their cash on hand and invested into crypto, mm-hmm. uh, let's say Bitcoin at like 50K mark, right? Right. And then it drops 20%. Yeah. And they say, oh, well, uh, we need to, to cost average, yeah. right? So let's put in another 5% at this. And then it drops 20%. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which it right? has been doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now you just keep finding yourself owning a bunch more coins yes. in a market that it might be flat or, or slightly negative for a substantial period of time. Yeah. And, you know, these are relatively small operations. We're not talking about casinos that are bringing in tens or hundreds of millions uh, quarterly, right? We're talking about these smallish rooms that are probably in charge of a million or two of their clientele's funds and are bringing in six figures monthly. Maybe, maybe the biggest room is bringing in seven figures quarterly, right? Like maybe, uh, or maybe I'm lowballing. I don't know. But uh, the, the point is, is that like, it's big money to the consumer, but it's small money to the overall. Mm-hmm. And that is a recipe for rugs, right? Because you'll just forget about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I lost, lost $6,000 with, uh, with that random Houston room closing rug. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for just sure. Like, it happens. It adds up. Yeah. Yeah, it adds up. All right, well, main event. <laughs> Day two, baby. Still in it. See what happens. Day two. You guys might get to play with Doug. Maybe. He's, fly, he's flying in for tomorrow. Facts. Stop. He's going to apparently wear a Darth Vader suit. I drew seat one. Is he, really, is he really flying in tomorrow? You drew seat one? Yeah. That's a problem for you? I hate seat one. <laughs> I never know what's going on. You are small. <laughs> You're very I can't small. ever see over any dealer. Right. So I don't know what seat 10 doing. Yeah. Well, luckily it'll only be Stop, seat nine. please. No fucking. Okay, uh, uh, first of all, I have a problem. Okay. This is ridiculous. Okay. It's 11 p.m. Why are we playing 10 handed? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear, oh, because everyone has to play 10 handed if one person is 10 handed. I was no, playing 7 handed most of the day. Like, everyone, like at all different times of the day, different tables have different uh, yeah. amount of people in it. Like you have a, a, a cap where it's like, okay, I think it's like, was it five, Berkey? 
Like you can if you get lower than five, then you stop playing. Lower than six. Uh, six at ten hit and five at nine. I think. Okay. So. Or why? maybe it's seven at ten, six. Yeah, whatever. My anyway. whole section. I was in the white section, like towards the end. That whole section, they they broke a whole bunch of tables, and they're breaking them to make our tables ten handed. Yeah. And I'm like so confused. Why are we? I remember reading, and I trusted them, the WSOP, saying we were going to do everything in our power to keep it nine-handed, but, you know, you're going to have to, you know, if you sign up for D, you're going to be ten-handed, possibly. It's like, okay, but you, it didn't feel as if they were doing everything in their power to keep it nine-handed at all. Yeah. It's like, why are you breaking tables to fill up ten-handed seats? I'm so confused. Why is there a fucking daily running? We were, we were nine-handed <laughs> for the whole day. We were nine-handed for the first three levels. Yeah. Then after dinner break, that's when we went right. to 10. Right, yeah. same. I was, I was like seven-handed for most of the well, day. Well, you say you and went to the 10. End. They didn't add a seat. They just filled it. Filled they just it. Yes. filled it. It was, yeah. it was not filled. Like, yeah, it just wasn't yeah, filled. Yeah. But I don't think anybody was filled. Right, Most, but that's so confusing. Yeah. People are busting. Yeah, like, I think I think when people bust instead of breaking a table, you should start to pull a chair. Yeah. But I think yeah. what is that, happening, man? Well, I think that they're running five hundred <laughs> tables and uh it feels unfair if ten percent of them are playing nine and ninety percent are playing ten. It, look, I get as it. a it's, player it's, as it's a player, various. this is how I would do it. This, this I think they need to understand how the players feel. If you're telling me you're doing everything in your power to keep it nine handed and I happen to draw a ten handed table, I'm like, all right, fuck, unlucky. Yeah, yeah. Like Unlucky, you got you got the ten handed table. Even if there's a bunch of tables that are nine, I understand that I just drew. But I guess that's my point: is that you understand that seventy five plus percent of the tables would remain ten, right? Because only twenty five percent of people are going to bust on day one. Okay, but still, it's rather than a hundred percent being ten. Yeah, actually, maybe I, I, actually, I think I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong. I mean, all tables could have been nine-handed if right. 25% of people bust. Yeah. Somebody's gonna bust. Yeah. yeah. So that's that, that's my point. So yeah, why I are think, we saying? You're right. Why are we saying like you're doing everything in your power to no, keep you're, it nine? No, you're 100 right. The the second that they have the urge to break a table, they should instead pull chairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that means that, uh, well, you know, they're doing it for cost reasons. Yeah. They're doing when, it because they want to run the fucking daily, man. Yeah, they like, like to pay yeah. as many dealers. Correct. They're like, you, oh, you we already got this rake. Here we go. Run another yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah. You either get like, to run another tournament or you mm-hmm. get to send dealers home. Exactly. Either way. Uh, all right. So then don't you're lie right. to us. You're don't right. Don't lie to us. That's all. <laughs> don't, just don't lie. Just tell us it's going to be 10 handed straight up. Don't be like, oh, we're going to do everything in our power to keep it nine. No. Like, listen, you played day 1D. You're going to be 10 handed after dinner. That's it. Yeah. So I mean, to be fair, if you didn't get 10 handed until after dinner, I think that's pretty lucky. Yeah, I was. See why that guy I got like smacked seven. in the. What uh, <laughs> 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 happened? Chin, chin out there again, man. He just strolled through the main event. Like, ah. <laughs> I wasn't even mad. Kid. I wasn't even like mad until I saw them running a daily or some shit, and I'm mm-hmm. like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, this is the fucking main event. Like, why am I listening to some speaker going, dealers in the daily. Blinds are up. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I didn't mind it that much, but it was really hot. It was hot in that Were you room. in Paris or Bally's? Bally's. Oh, yeah. That's, that was, it wasn't hot crazy. until they started, like, consolidating so much because everyone was just, like, packed in yeah. this one yeah, yeah. spot. I, I like, will say, uh, I understand your point that you're making, um, but I will say by comparison to the old Rio, uh, playing in Paris now is the equivalent of playing in the pavilion. Yes. And you have to acknowledge that, like, 
Paris is a thousand times better. So much better. Thousands. Yeah. Like imagine playing all of day one ten handed in the pavilion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's like the Nutlow experience yeah. to have on uh, sure. in the main event. Yeah. So like if I'm gonna listen to daily announcements, I'm very happy to not be in those old ass crusty vinyl chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget this. Uh, I remember uh, I don't know like what event it was. It wasn't the main or anything, but I was like walking through the pavilion to take my seat, uh, and I see Minkin and those old ass vinyl chairs. I don't know who built them or what table they were built for, <laughs> but they're certainly not built for like a normal table height. Like they they were legitimately like two or three inches lower. Yeah. And I see Minkin, and I swear to you, I, I shit you not, that her chin was just about resting on the rail. <laughs> <laughs> and I walk over to her, and I ha I have this like this uh, human tool is what it's called. It's uh, like a bike saddle that you know it's good for posture, but it also yeah for it gives posture you a, gives you that little boost. Uh -huh. And I walk over to her, I go, "You need this so much more than me." <laughs> Did she take it? Yeah, she yeah. loved it. It's like I can see, you know, like I, I, I honest to God, I'm not kidding. I don't She's think like, she I could raised. rest. I legit don't think she could have rested her elbows comfortably on the table. That's crazy. Like you know, it would have been one of these like up here type things. You just get exhausted. Oh man. <laughs> like man, anyway, I feel like that was my only beef yesterday. It was it was a great, it was a fun day, but that was that was that was yeah, it was a lot of fun. You'd be more yeah, comfortable tomorrow. Yeah, Real bad, real bad. A lot of fun huh? that day. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Was, you played well. You were happy with your play. That's all that matters. My, my, heart <laughs> my heart breaks for you playing ten handed. Trolling the shit out of him. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I feel good about it. I, uh, I very much regret not playing one D. I, I will say that. That's yeah. that's my biggest regret. That's not, the sacrifice you, you, know you made why, for you know the show. You know why for the fans. It, it's so for we the can keep the show going. Yeah, for one extra day. Two. You did that. Two extra days. Yeah. There would be no show tomorrow because oh, I was going to bag, right. obviously. Yeah. There would be no show obviously. tomorrow. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. I'd be busted. But obviously. No. Yeah, I did. I'd yeah, be busted. Two hands yeah. before the end Landon, of the day. Landon could still run the show. Yeah. Yeah, two, two hands <laughs> sure. before the end of the day. Like, literally, with like three wow. hands left. He Short like beam, he jammed 30 bigs, button small by the King 10 suited, so that's just good. And he lost ace queen. Wait, he just open ripped? No, button open, he jammed small by. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. King 10 ace queen. And that yeah, was of it. course it's good. He's the goddamn goat. Yeah. But you know, it was day one of the main event. Probably could just play call. Yeah. Everyone fucking plays call there. <sighs> yep. Not, uh, every, I'm not having every, this conversation again. No, no, no. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying, everyone I see at my table yeah. is just playing call there. Can't, can't be too safe, man. And they always get me, man. There was a hand. like, I have 10-9 off, and they have King-10 suited. There was, there was a hand on poker go. I literally turned the coverage off immediately after. I go, this is the main event effect, and I, I can't let it rot my brain. Uh, it went, like, under the gun open, middle position calls with King-Jack suited. Yep. Uh, button... Calls with yeah, button calls with seven six suited. Yep, ace queen and the small big blind line. calls with nine eight suited. Yep, and that's it. That's it. That's man. everybody. Nobody wants to play. Okay. Uh, oh, I, Ivy was the one with seven six suited. By the of way, course. not not that really matters. But. Just let's just quick or six five suited. Six five suited. So so somehow they all have spades. Nine eight suited. Six five suited. J King jack suited. All spades. Ace ten off suit. No spade. Right. Okay. Flop comes nine eight x checks through. <laughs> okay, fine. Ace ten's not gonna see bet, and once it gets to King Jack and six five, probably not gonna bet. Fine, no big deal. Turn ten. Okay, Ace ten makes top pair top kick. King Jack now has two overs and a double gutty. Nine eight now has. Uh, sorry, it wasn't nine eight high. It was nine seven high. Mm -hmm. uh, so nine eight now has a pair and an open ender. So the board is ten nine seven deuce. Right. 
small blind checks or big blind checks nine eight ace ten bets like two-thirds pot king jack goes into the tank and this man is he's here to fucking party okay he's wearing a cowboy hat he has like the bolo tie on guys uh he he was he was here for a good time or so i thought muck he is not here to party he is not here for a good time he has no interest in drawing to the fucking maybe he didn't realize he had a double gutter i don't know i don't know that's possible (laughs) it's possible maybe he thought under the gun open with jack eight also See, this possible. is why I never want to get on the feature table because then I'm gonna have to start playing hands like that. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to they're actually gonna, play the king. They're, they're gonna see yeah, how. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, oh man, really I would are. always phone here, but now I gotta play it because it's uh, correct. First, <laughs> first three positions opened. I guess I have to yep. look at my cards since uh, I'm on the feature God. table. They're, oh, right. they're legit. I have they're to legit play like, now. They're legit like 60k effective. The bet was like 2,000, and he's just like, nah, really not feeling this draw. Full. Yeah. Ivy obviously folds 6-5. He's drawing dead. Mucks it, right? 9-8 now. Middle pair, open ender. Facing two-thirds pot. Mucks. What are you calling with? (laughs) What the fuck are you calling with? Uh, Let's just so let's just quickly go back to the let's go back to the ace. How much do you think King 10 suited jam small blind versus the body? No, let's just take a survey around the room. Let's take a can, survey. Can How much do you think this jams? Thank you guys so much for Thank tuning you. in today. <laughs> Have a good he one, guys. He, he, he it, looked it up and silently showed me, and I was we like, I, it's a pure jam. I had already we tuned know. out. I was like, what are you but showing it does, me? But all I said was, the people don't. We know that it's a pure and jam. And you know what? And that's okay. That is okay. <laughs> It's, they it's, fucking trap you. Yeah. Yes. You gotta they have trap trap you because you open Jack 10 aces. off he and they fly you with aces. King 10 suited. You it's because people traps. are scared. An it's old man fear. flatted the big blind with aces versus Melissa 300 blinds deep. Yes. And that, got that did happen. And, and, she, and, and then bet into her three times. Yeah. Yeah. He he lands three times and then Landon says raise river and I'm like I'm not going to raise river when he leads into me three times. It's just an experience. He doesn't know how to adjust to the field. Bro, listen. All I know, all I know is that every time we go back to this 10 years later and all those people were right yeah so that's true in 10 years when the new solve comes out and yeah. it's like king tattoo is a pure call and you, I don't, you want to know what the funny part is to me <laughs> is that well including last uh, uh last fall but also like mainly this week uh i've had some pretty exhaustive discussions with both landon and apollo right mm. this is both their second main events uh-huh both busted main event on day one, first attempt. DePaulo actually I didn't bust pop- it. No, I, I bagged 1K. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> I bluffed well, over. You bagged 1,000 chips? You, you, you bagged out one chip because he's a professional, Melissa. <laughs> he bluffed on the last hand of the night and left the chip back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't you know what kind of heart it takes <laughs> to run bluff with one chip back knowing that it is going in a bag if you get called? <laughs> I didn't want to lose. I'd be so afraid they lost my bag because it's just like empty. <laughs> <laughs> it just falls out. The twist doesn't have a bluff last like, time they made. Like, wait, nobody, oh, this is just an extra Yo, bag here. Just, just, <laughs> <an> extra <laughs> bag. That's the chip that the tortoise held on to until November. Imagine yeah. that they just disqualified him. <laughs> <laughs> they just gave it to him as a, as a souvenir. Yeah, like, like, you no. don't get to play anymore, but yeah, you can just, just take this chip. chip. No, I got I drew it. button and got A6 off. It was the dream. Yeah, it was very unlucky. Yeah, that was the out. dream. Very unlucky. But... So now DePaulo has survivorship bias this year because he bagged like, you know, four House. starting stacks or some yeah. shit. 
And uh, between talking to both of them, they each represent the extreme opposite ends of the spectrum as to how to approach the main event, yeah. right? Like, the Paulo's like, yo, I, I would just like, if someone forbid me, I would just fold range. Just rage fold, bro. <laughs> just, there's no way I'm calling. <laughs> He's like, fold. I would just, I learned last year, I would just fold nines. It's like, why would you fold nines? Like, just make a fucking nine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because they don't make nines. Like <laughs> just see, well, it sounds like what happened is he made, made a nine nines. last year and yeah. lost to a bigger set. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, you made two nines this year in a four bet pot. Yeah. 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 I got three, like, actually. I made, I made, I got. You made all the nines. Yeah. Yeah. I three bet and some guy four bet and I peeled with the ace nine suited and it came nine, nine something. See, you love to see it. See, DePaulo would tell you that you are just the worst player in the world. But anyway, Maybe my I point was. is, I don't know. My point is that uh, you know he's pure folding to four bets, and Landon's like flirting with. Well, the machine jams ace queen here ten percent. <laughs> So I think maybe we just run it kind of thing, right? <laughs> so they're, they're, on, they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. And what I find as an old head who's been through both of these thought processes to exhaustion is that I'm in the middle hating both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I truly just hate yeah. them both. And the only response I ever want to give is, you don't fucking know. You've only played it twice. Right. Like, you just don't know what it's yeah. like to get dealt the judges game yeah. on day one where there's a card player in the bunch, you know? Right. And you also don't know what it's like to show up to a fucking 50k murderers, high roller in the row. main event yeah. when you're supposed to get the judges game. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. like, uh, just, just keep showing up. Keep showing up. I, I think that both of them have very valid points. Yeah. I think that uh, if you lean into either extreme, you're going to kill yourself trying to like jump through these mental hurdles, right? Like the answer is if you're a good player, man, show up, Fucking play Ivy, a good strategy. Ivy probably went home and was like, why do I listen to these? It's shoved fucking king ten suitors. <laughs> he's just like text, he's yeah. like text coon afterwards. Yeah. And he's just like, yo, you told me that this is a pure shove at 30. These fucking guys always have it. Why am I? Do Not you only that. No, you can't always have it when you're supposed to open 50% from the button. But they don't. Yeah, but they they don't. supposed to. They open so 30. Supposed to. Mean reality. How do you always have these queens? We don't live in a fucking sim. How do you have these queens? We don't live so in a sim. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. wait. So here's how this scenario plays out, right? So he texts Jason that, and Jason's just like, oh, man, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I mean, I would have shoved there. Like, I would have busted. He would have hold up. And he gets a group chat together, and now it's like him, Jason, and Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's Ivy helping the crew. <laughs> Alright, hand history for you. 30 effective button of a student offense. We have kicked unsuited. Phil, oh, or Phil Ivy, oh, or, uh, help me. Oh, you see how the bubble's popping up, right? And Coon goes, yeah, man, I think it's a pure jam. Bubbles just start popping up faster. It's just like, fold, 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 fold. Uh, oh, Call lead on the fly. <laughs> it's so wild because like the way that I ended up busting Call the main. Jam nine the way they ended up busting the main this year uh, after losing the Ace King versus Jack Slip is I had three bigs and I waited till I was in the big blind because I didn't get a very good hand. Uh, so I had to post my blind. I posted the ante and I had one big behind. And then the button opened to three X. Uh, small blind calls. I just flicked the last of it in with the eight three off because we're getting a really good price. Uh, Flop comes nine, uh, nine, five, deuce, uh, check, uh, button bets like half pot, 
I'm like, well, that's not great. Uh, small blind folds. And he just has the deuce four off. Like, he oh, just you, wanted to uh, kick me out of the tournament. He hated I, the turn was a four. I was dead. I was oh, no, dead. dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to kick me out of the tournament. Wow, I'm like, you were well, ahead. That's it. Yeah. We'll be seeing you. And, and I was gone. <sighs> All right. But I live on through you. Well, speaking that's... of gone and living on, Landon yeah. and I will be here tomorrow. Aggressively sweating the four of you. No, okay. we'll be molding. We'll do you proud? Nope. I've already molded. Can you molded. please anti-sweat me? No. Yes. No. I need. My anti-sweats come through. So do mine. No, no. I mean, like, I'm good at like getting people to bust that I want to bust. Oh, I'm not. You don't I, want. You do don't want opposite. that evil. Okay. Cast upon. Wait, I thought that you had anti-sweat that made people win. No, no, no. I bust the people who go on to oh, win. Okay, then don't. It's too late. Me. Once I've given them my lucky chips. I only anti-sweat people that yeah. are too nice. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, they bust me. Uh, let's get that clear. Uh, we'll be here cheering you guys on from afar, updating as the day progresses. Uh, maybe I'll get Brent here. I'm Predictions try. for yeah. stacks? No. Hold on. Let me, let, let's do this. What's the goal tomorrow, Lamana? Huh? What's to the... put chips in the bag. Yeah. What, how many? Though? What are we looking <laughs> any. at? Any. 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 Yeah. Any chips. No. A thousand um, chips? I'll take 10 big ones. One, one, yeah, 1K chip. <laughs> um i don't know i like you said i don't like breaking goals but yeah um what do you think your expectation is my expectation is to have Ooh, 200k wow what does do big what? blind start at on day three? 200k 2k you end at 2k, yeah, 200K. 2K sorry nice. 2k is the last level yeah so we come back to 24 25? 25 yeah okay so let's do a number between twenty-five thousand. And let's say Connie can't ever bag less than ten bigs. Six hundred thousand. Wait, what did your RNG why, say? Why last is time? the RNG? Hold on. Why is the RNG not between zero and whatever you think <laughs> peak is? No, because he's got because it. I'm not, he's not going to say he's zero. Not buzz. You I'm have not to put buzz. zero. You have to include a percent. Uh, like it's only a look. If you put zero to six hundred thousand. It means that you have like a point oh oh oh. No, but you oh, asked someone's oh, expectation is. But not gonna say what my zero. expectation is. It's not zero. I don't care. You, I, I'm only asking you to give what yourself. Just tell us your number. I'm literally asking anyway, you. Anyway, I don't give a fuck what you guys have to say. I'm gonna bag five hundred and fifty-four thousand and one twenty. I just asked this guy right. to give himself one six hundredth thousandth of a chance to bust the event and he said no he doesn't want to put it in the air he doesn't want to put it in the air I'm not busting the event I'll just get there okay Conrad's claiming he's going to be chip leader after the end of day two no 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 no. some guy already bagged 560 no 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 300 300 bagged 560 unless they fucked up they fucked up they didn't that was some prince shit He's selling. He's selling for day two. Oh. <laughs> he's like, I bagged five sixty, man. Give me somebody five point oh. Somebody will bag over a million tomorrow. Nah, there's no yeah, way. It was Patrick it. Clark, four hundred ten k. Um, yeah, yeah was, I guess it's possible. But he started to bag no. Bigs. My RNG says three hundred fifty eight k. Yeah, that's what no, I thought you it guys was. Are, are rich? No, my RNG. Oh, that's, no, that's what my she's going to bag. Three fifty. Somebody bagged five hundred and eighty thousand. How Chen? That's nuts, bro. What do you What do you got? What's what's big blind twenty five hundred? Yeah, it will come back. Yeah. I would like to bag two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, hundred bigs. Would be nice. I think my peak day two stack was somewhere in the neighborhood of like five eighty. That's a lot. That's, yeah. that's similar to what I'm gonna bag. Yeah, that's called feast or famine, and you feasted. Well, it was it was when it was fifty k, and that was chip lead. So this idea that someone's gonna bag a million means people are fucking really steaming it off. Possible. Sometimes they do. Sometimes yeah, they do. I mean, just like hundred bigs would be nice. 
Yeah, keep that hundred big rolling, baby. Yeah. Just keep it, just keep it through. At what time me. do people get short? Like, when does the average stack get like effectively like call it fifty bakes short? They so that's bubble the five bubble. Yeah, no, yeah. Bubble. Bu oh yeah, bubble clinches the tournament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. it, it, it it drops to fifty and stays at fifty basically from bubble on. Um, gotcha. Small. I have Let's like go home. Just go home. That guy has. Just don't even show. Up. What, what, <laughs> that that guy has. No, that's not fair to say. But I was gonna say like he he has like such a low probability of winning. Like day one chip leaders, they never win. They they have yeah. so underperformed. Running in the good on day one is not one as person did much it. Was of a the, blessing as people think. No, no somebody did it. McKeon did have in a the run last, though like, where he where he was like five, top six ten years. forever. Uh, Joe Cata had a, one, a run where he did he wasn't at risk at any point. That's possible. That, that happens all the time, but that's because, you know, for two deep. days, the average stack's so like 100 deep, yeah. bigs. Yeah. I, I wasn't at risk at any point either. Oh, I was at risk, and I risked it all. And all that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to risk the biscuits. All right, we will be back here tomorrow, probably 1130-ish. Maybe just Landon and I. Uh, hopefully, we're going to talk we're Brent into joining us. I'm going to try, man. I'm going to try. He's got the kids, you know. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys watching. Like comment subscribe let us know in the comments below uh Who's what you think of the coin flex scenario and how doug handled it would love to have the conversation carry on <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow peace <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>